Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Collecting Comics, a show where we talk about comics and how to collect them. And today, we're going to talk about the Soul Gems. But first, we would like to thank our friends over at Watto Scrapyard for sponsoring this episode of Collecting Comics. But first, we would also like to pay our respects to Chadwick Boseman. Um, about 24 hours from now, we figured out that he had passed away from colon cancer. And, uh, you know, just the amount of grit and strength it took for this man in his four-year battle uh, to give us all these movies and all this entertainment and then uh, go through multiple surgeries, multiple chemotherapies, and uh, just a lot of respect for the man and the strength that he had to give to um, to uh, to give us all this entertainment. So we would like to re- pay our respects to Chadwick Boseman. And to start off talking about the Infinity Stones, we need to start with Marvel's premiere number one from April 1972. And this book starts us off with Adam Warlock and this this is the first um this is the first book where he gained he gains his name as Adam Warlock. Previously he was known by him in the Fantastic Four and in um in a Thor book that had came out and we really we really don't know who he is at that time until this book where he gains his name and um this is also where we run into uh, run into the first soul gem and it starts with the high evolutionary he's out in space in his um in his big fortress uh out in space and he's floating around and he's starting to contemplate his big plan of project alpha which is a um a enhanced earth that he's go- he wants to create to make all of earth better and as he's going through his plans, he gets the alert of one of his servants, uh, Sir Ram. And Sir Ram uh, alerts him that they're, ru- they're, they're on the same course of running into a uh, sarcophagus that's floating out in space. The High Evolutionary asks Sir Ram to bring that sarcophagus uh, on board. And uh, the High Evolutionary quickly starts... Uh, running tests on him, and um, he eventually starts making contact with Adam Warlock, and uh, Adam Warlock is startled that uh, somebody can talk to him through the uh, sarcophagus, and the High Evolutionary explains because of his evolution that he's able to talk to him, and um, basically what happens is uh, Adam Warlock starts giving him an account of his time out in space and and why he's out in space. And it starts with the Fantastic Four in um, Fantastic Four number 66 through 67, where he's being created and the Fantastic Four interferes with his creator's plans. And because of the fight and the struggles that happened within those two books, Adam Warlock quickly makes his run out to space. And when he's in space, he runs into uh, Thor and he gets into a great battle with Thor. 
and he quickly finds out that he is uh, very, very outmatched and um, quickly retreats into a sarcophagus and uh, heads back out to space. And this is where the high evolutionary starts uh, explaining to him his great plan of Project Alpha. Um, and and the high evolutionary, he, uh, he's, he, he demands to know this, this gold, this golden man's name. And he goes, I have no name. I'm only known as him. And the high evolutionary, uh, senses that he has a lot in common with this man. So he feels very, uh, very impelled to tell him his story as to his struggles on earth and why he's out in space and why he's returning to space. And he announces that he has this little rock that is actually almost like a seed. And it's his, his start of his project alpha where he, um, shoots it out into space and puts it on the other side of earth or I'm sorry, on the other side of the sun. And he calls it counter earth. And this counter earth is a exact copy of the earth that is already there. But the difference is, is he's going to be able to create every living being on that planet. And uh, he's going to be able to make it, uh, make those beings in his, um, in his, um, in his, in his eyes and make them better. And what ends up happening is the high evolutionary starts to, um, make it rain and make, make fire come and starts giving an atmosphere to this, um, this planet. And, um, he advances it through through his powers and you get the dinosaurs you get all these creatures and then he finally gives us man and when he gets man he states the difference between my earth and the earth that is that already is is that my my creatures will not know war they will not know struggle and from his experience on earth um, he is really trying to avoid that. So he starts, he starts creating people and he starts creating life. And then there's a big commotion on his ship. And, um, what ends up happening is, um, an old creature that he had created known as man beast, uh, takes over his ship and there's a big struggle that happens, and um, Man Beast is trying to get his revenge on the High Evolutionary, and um, Man Beast starts uh, states that he's not going to kill the High Evolutionary; he's actually going to destroy his Earth, and in the sense of. Uh, making sure that the creatures on there know hate, they know struggle, and they know um, just despair. And um, 
due to the high evolutionary's work on this earth, he falls asleep. And that's when the um, man beast starts his plan and uh, he sneaks onto the high evolutionary's base. And basically what happens is that um, he puts his plan in motion and uh, Adam Warlock sees this and he j uh, jumps out of his uh, sarcophagus uh, not after a, or after a big struggle that the high evolutionary had after he wakes, but um, the, uh, Adam Warlock saves the high evolutionary and beats man uh, the uh, man beast, and um, the high evolutionary ends up having a big decision to make. Uh, he he's super disappointed that he let man beast. Um, mess up his earth but and he decides to uh that he want he decides that he wants to destroy it well adam warlock quickly stops him and uh tells him i don't want you to destroy this earth i want you to let me protect it and this is a big statement from adam warlock because uh, he he didn't like the earth he came from. He had a lot of struggles there. And the uh, the high evolutionary decides to let him go and protect this earth. But not before he presents him with the soul stone. And uh, quickly after uh, the high evolutionary gives him this soul stone, he is thrusted onto the planet and he... Uh, and this is where Adam Warlock's main story picks up. And uh, this is where he finally has his name and he's able to uh, do what, he, what we've seen him do in the comics before. But he uses the Soul Stone to, uh, to help him uh, eventually find Man Beast and, uh, and uh, conquer his, his army, his team, on this new counter earth protecting the people on that earth. And that was the, that was the first part. That's our first experience with a, with the soul gym as they're called in the comics. And uh, it picks up in captain Marvel where captain Marvel is um, out in space and he's making his way back to hell of the Cree homeworld with Rick Jones, his, alter ego and uh, they kind of work together where uh, if um, Rick Jones is in trouble, he turns into Captain Marvel and vice versa. And uh, they land on, they land on Hela and they find that they're not greeted as they thought they were uh, the high, uh, the, um, the Supreme intelligence, um, who invited him there, they, they, they find that they're not welcome and they quickly, uh, Captain Marvel quickly flies them off and they find their, their, they find their way to the Supreme intelligence who is the leader of, of Hela. And when they get there, they're quickly, um, they're quick, they're quickly greeted by him and, uh, something's just not right for Captain Marvel. And the uh, Supreme Intelligence starts to uh, explain to Captain Marvel that 
you are the one who is supposed to lead this army and you are the one who is supposed to drive us to the future. But uh, Captain Marvel had, had left and decided to protect Earth and the uh, Supreme Intelligence just really, it didn't really sit well with him. And, um, and he really wants Captain Marvel to pay for that. And so what ends up happening is the same group that try to attack them down on the streets of Hela are uh, introduced into the layer of the Supreme Intelligence. And they quickly pick a fight with Rick Jones and, and, um, and Captain Marvel. And uh, Rick Jones realizes he's outnumbered and that he's not going to be able to do anything. So him and Captain Marvel become one. And a big um, fight breaks out where Captain Marvel now has to fight um, this this group of vigilantes, I guess, of of Hela uh, under the Supreme Intelligence, and uh, Captain Mar- Captain Marvel makes quick work of them. And what ends up happening is um, the Supreme Intelligence has enough, and he actually is able to separate. He's actually able to separate. Uh, Captain Marvel and Rick Jones from each other. But what's not realized is that Captain Marvel's Negabands also got split up. So now Captain Marvel and Rick Jones both have a Negaband. And um, soon after Rick Jones figures out that he has one, Ronan the Accuser comes into the lair and he wants to make quick work of Captain Marvel and he decides to attack. Captain Marvel and, and the Ronan the Accuser start fighting, and um, really he gets overtaken by Ronan the Accuser, and Rick Jones finally decides to jump into, acts, and, uh, into action when he realizes that he can also fight with the Negaban. So... Uh, Rick Jones goes to attack uh, Ronan the accuser, uh, Ronan the accuser, and he he lands a hit, but Ronan the Ronan the accuser is quickly able to recover, grabs Rick Jones, throws him across the room, and um, he has to figure out a way to stop himself from running into uh, one of the walls. Well, using the Negaban, he stops himself and is able to recover and. Uh, that's when uh, Captain Marvel jumps into action and he um, he uh, defeats Ronan the Accuser. After having enough, the Supreme Intelligence starts uh, telling uh, starts telling Captain Marvel that he's had enough and that again he was supposed to be the best of us and you were supposed to lead us and that he's just had enough. And this is the point where we run into our second uh soul gem the uh the mind stone and the story of captain marvel really doesn't do the mind mind uh mind gem justice but what ends up happening is uh the supreme intelligence takes rick jones takes captain marvel and transports him to another planet where all we get out of this is a man tripping over a stone. We don't know who this man is. We don't know where he came from, but he 
he talks about uh, tripping over this gym, and that's where this story ends. So there's a little bit of a mystery for the mind gym at this time. And we want to thank our friends over at Watto Scrapyard for sponsoring this episode of Collecting Comics. You could find them on Instagram at Watto Scrapyard and on Facebook and eBay as well. They make 3D printing, uh, 3D printed parts for hard to find, uh, hard to come by Kenner and Hasbro vehicles, as well as resin. Uh, resin printed head sculpts of dozens of different characters in the Star Wars universe. If you don't see a character you like on the uh, on their Instagram, send them a message and they can get it designed and printed for a reasonable fee. And this is also where we pick up on our next story, Marvel's team up Spider-Man and Warlock. So, Spider, uh, so Warlock makes his way back out to space after uh, crossing over multiple um, battles with Man Beast and uh, protecting uh, Counter Earth. And basically, what happens is Spider Man finds himself on this ship and he is uh, almost unconscious, he's losing air and he starts to hallucinate. He sees some of his greatest enemies like Vulture, um, Doc Ock, and many others. And he also notices that Mary Jane's there. And uh, what he's confused about is he goes, he says, I'm losing my, I'm, I'm about to die. And Mary Jane, why are you still here as if you're just fine? And what we find out is that he's hallucinating and he's not really sure what's going on. Um. Adam Warlock is in space and he finds this ship floating around and that it's obviously in distress. And what Adam Warlock does is um, uh, takes the ship and lands it on the moon. But he doesn't just land it on any part of the moon. This part of the moon is very unique in the sense of that uh, this portion of it has trees, it has water, it has uh, plants, and and uh, he's slightly confused as to why this is actually happening. And uh, Spider-Man actually explains to him that the Fantastic Four has been there uh, once before, and this part of the um, this part of the moon is called the blue area because of the atmosphere and because of all the plants and animal or uh, plants and animals or creatures really that are on this um, part of the moon. After having a conversation with Adam Warlock for a few minutes, he they're quickly ambushed by a creature called the stranger and the stranger is the person who introduces us to the power stone and he, uh, he attacks Adam Warlock, he attacks Spider-Man and they get into this great battle. Adam Warlock takes a big hit from him and Spider-Man decides to jump into action and he um, gets, uh, uses his webs, his webs to uh, try to distract him but it's really to no use because Spider-Man ends up um, Spider-Man ends up getting captured 
thrown across the planet or thrown across the moon. And uh, he's really nervous about his landing. Well, he doesn't have much to worry about because uh, he's grabbed by a bunch of trees and he's really confused as to what's going on. But he took a really hard hit and he's kind of, um, he's kind of uh, dizzy and in despair at this, at this point. And these trees lay him down safely and uh, decide to protect him. Still in a struggle, Adam Warlock is fighting, and and basically what happens is that the stranger takes a piece of the moon, um, throws it at Adam Warlock, and what's funny about that is it kind of reminds me of an Infinity War where Thanos takes part of a moon from Titan, throws it at Iron Man, and it's basically the same uh, the same situation, and he. Um, also demonoculizes himself is what he calls it and explodes himself where Adam Warlock is. And Adam Warlock is quickly heading down to the surface of that moon. Um, then we are brought into where Spider-Man has landed and safely been, um, safely been saved by these trees. And this man starts approaching Spider-Man and explains to him that he's the gardener and he's the reason why this part of the moon has trees and air and creatures. Spider-Man and him continue to have a talk and uh, Spider-Man talks uh, or tells him that he needs to go help his friend Adam Warlock and the gardener is uh, has really no concern of this because his only concern is the garden. And Adam Warlock ends up getting uh, captured, and um, the stranger is about to f- uh, the the stranger is about to finish him off. But what ends up happening is that the uh, the gardener starts feeling bad that that he's going to leave this man to die, and he actually reveals his own. In a soul soul stone or soul gem, which is the time stone, and uh, he quickly distracts the uh, the stranger, and uh, Spider Man jumps into action trying to save Adam Warlock, and he does it in just enough time for Adam Adam Warlock to um, to get free, and uh, Adam Warlock. And the gardener team up together, and they use both of their gems to help defeat the um, the uh, the stranger. And and after this great battle, the gardener realizes that he used the stone for uh, for evil, and well, not really for evil, but all but for. Um, to uh, fight off somebody. And he, he tells himself that he's no longer worthy and basically really relinqu- uh, re- relinquishes the stone. What looks like to Adam Warlock at this point, we don't know, but this is the, um, this is the start of the infinity or the, uh, in- the soul stones. And these are our first uh, examples of that. 
and you might notice that some of these stones are look a little bit different but that's also because the stones in the movies are changed and even the the usage of the stones in the movies are given uh some different some different types of powers and stuff like that and as you continue through comics and um, to the modern day they even get retconned a little bit into be uh, becoming an actual infinity symbol where where these stones want to find themselves and we kind of get this out of these books where where they start running into each other and, and the big the big connection to all of this is really Adam Warlock and um we kind of see in the MCU where they uh and we see this in the MCU where Adam Warlock looks like he's about to make an appearance from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 but they use these stones in a different manner. And uh, in the comics, these uh, these Infinity Stones want to find each other. So if you acquire one, the next one wants to be found, and you, uh, you're on your journey into Infinity. But we want to talk about some uh, favorite titles that we have. And I don't really talk about indie books too often. I'm, again, I'm more of a Marvel fan. But um, this Grass Kings book is a really good read. I originally picked this uh, story up because of the art. It's kind of has like a pastel, a pastel style of art. But it starts off with a uh, a group of brothers, two brothers, who take over this this little countryside of land, and they call it the Grass Kingdom. And it's kind of their little um again a kingdom where where they do have some people who live in it and they are the leaders of this uh this land and uh they even the one of the brothers is even a sheriff and he goes into the neighboring town where the other sheriff just has has nothing to do with him he doesn't want anything to do with these guys and he is actually looking into a murder that has happened on their land and uh this sheriff tells him, you've stole, uh, st- uh, stolen this land from everybody and you have no right to be there. But the brothers say otherwise. And this community really works together to provide for their own. They have their own security. They have their own uh, farmland and so on. And it just kind of bu- uh, jumps back and forth between the grass kingdom and this other city and the sheriff who's trying to... Uh, uh, really sabotage this land and uh, take their leader into custody. And the oldest brother who is the leader, he's kind of a drunk and, and he, and he um, doesn't do a good job leading it, but lets his younger brother, the sheriff uh, take care of it. And it has two story arcs. It's about a 15 issue um, a, a series where um, it's a 15 issue series where it just talks about this family. And and when I originally read this, I thought this could have been a TV show. Uh, the way it was written, it was really good. And you really don't see a lot of uh, indie books do what Boom did in this series, besides maybe uh, bringing back some nostalgia from the Power Rangers. 
And then the next book we're going to talk about or the next series we're going to talk about is The Cosmic Ghost Rider. And this book jumps straight out of uh, a storyline that we talked about in the last episode, uh, Thanos Wins, where um, the Cosmic Ghost Rider finds himself in um, Valhalla, which is kind of like the heaven for the gods. And he is just kind of confused as to why he's there. And uh, because of this, he picks fights and he's still kind of doing what the cosmic ghost rider does, which uh, the cosmic ghost rider being Frank castle. And it starts off with the book kind of giving an overview of Thanos wins, where it talks about how the punisher uh, it dies on earth and is sent down to Mephisto, and Mephisto gives him the uh, gives him the spirit of vengeance, becoming the most recent Ghost Rider. And then, um, because because of what happens in Thanos wins, uh, the ghost that this Ghost Rider Frank uh, Frank Castle rides around Earth, finds and uh, finds that it's deserted, and then Galactus comes to uh, devour the world and. He ends up striking a deal with um, with Galactus and gives him the power of cosmic, and it just kind of goes back over what happens in Thanos wins. But the big storyline here is that um, Odin uh, approaches Frank Castle in Valhalla and basically wants him to leave. So he fixes his bike, he fixes everything and um, gives him an option to leave. And Frank Castle actually even tells him, no, I'm not going back. I'm not be- going to become the cosmic ghost rider. Uh, I can't go back to that. And um, um, Odin tells him, well, I wasn't asking and basically makes him the cosmic ghost rider again. And he goes, I can send you anywhere. Where do you want to go? And he goes, I want to go where all this started, and it's with Thanos. So he actually gets thrown back into the past to look for baby Thanos so he could finish him off there. But you kind of see uh, a little bit of moral integrity from Frank in this, um, in this book where he's like, he gives him the penance eyes and realizes Thanos hasn't done anything. He's just a kid. He do, he's just a baby, and he has um, he has no sins yet. And he decides to take Thanos and try to uh, right what uh, right all the wrongs that he did. And it goes through about six issues where a futuristic Guardians of the Galaxy with Cable and uh, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan as a, a Captain America figure and uh, a Jugger Duck, which is actually Howard the Duck in the jugger, uh, Juggernaut costume. And he, uh, he tries to fight. He tries to fight the Cosmic Ghost Rider. And all the while, um, Cosmic Ghost Rider is trying to make sure that Thanos, baby Thanos never sees any evil. And uh, the story keeps going on and on and on in the, and the the watcher pops in and he goes, I'm about to watch you make the worst decision that anybody has made in history. And I can't interfere, but I'm here to watch. And 
uh, Frank really just doesn't, or the Cosmic Ghost Rider just really doesn't want to take that as a good answer. So he uh, continues to jump through time and he continu uh, continues to go to other planets to figure out a, a way where uh, Thanos does not become the Mad Titan and the murderous villain that we all know him to be. Well, uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider finds him in a really bad battle with this new Guardians of the Galaxy team. And he, um, he finds himself getting beat. But out of nowhere, this um, cable, cable is about to finish off Frank Castle, the Cosmic Ghost Rider, where he is actually killed. And uh, that is because of a Thanos from the future because of what Frank Castle did. And this Thanos dones the, uh, the Punisher logo t-shirt. And he goes, hi, Dad. I'm here to help. And um, basically, Frank starts talking to him, and he finds out that uh, he actually did change that the way uh, change the way that uh, Thanos ends up becoming good in a sense, but for all the wrong reasons. And he still murders, and he still fights, and he still does all this. And uh, it ends with the story going to this pl uh, this Earth where. Um, Thanos and his new army kind of enslaves the people. And there's this really um, desolate area where these people live. But yet Thanos lives in this green grass farmland where, um, where Frank even eventually has uh, his family back. And Frank realizes how wrong all of this is and eventually takes baby Thanos back to his time to let the timeline play out. And it's a really great series. And um, this is kind of where Cosmic Ghost Rider gets thrusted in to the main uh, continuity of um, the, the Marvel comics. And we eventually see him pop back up in the Guardians and one of the more recent uh, issues of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And a lot of this has to do with the mistakes that he made taking Thanos. And this is our uh, name that comic from our previous episode. Uh, Dan Lee did get it correct again, so he's on a roll. But um, this is the first appearance of Nebula, and it was our name that comic from our previous episode. So this time, we want you to name this comic. It's a picture of Thanos with uh, a really menacing smile. Uh, it does relate to the soul gems. So if you can figure out what this, uh, what this book is, go ahead and comment in the uh, comments below and see if you can get it correct. And as always, we want to thank all of our Patreons for supporting the collecting weekly, uh, network. And we want to uh, personally thank them and name them out for you. So we'd like to thank Ben Porter, Griffin Cam uh, Campbell, Sean Fear, uh, Ian CB, uh, Renee Mendez, Eric uh, Marcel, uh, Quinn Aguirre, uh, Dan Lee, Dini Martin, Stephen Krent, uh, Jason Nelson, Big Fern, King Zachary, Caesar Marquin, Eric Ru uh, Ruiz, Mario Cortez. Uh, Stephen per uh, Percha, 
Sean uh, Yahtzee, uh, Scott Bradley, uh, Jesse Contreras, and Maria Stanley. And if you want to become a Patreon, you do get some perks. And uh, this is our September. Um, these are our September stickers for our $5 tier. The only fools in collecting and the small talk. But if you become a $15 uh, member, you will get the I quit the show sticker. And you can be just like Zach quitting the show when he gets mad. And... Um, the the big perk here is that not only do you get the I quit the show sticker, you also get the two previous stickers uh, if you do the $15 um, tier. And as always, if you want to become a Patreon, we have our Sweet Angels, our Sweet Angel tier for $5 and our Certified Crispy for $15. And again, if you do that Certified Crispy, then you will get the uh, all three stickers for this month. And these are our other shows on our Collecting Weekly Network. Um, uh, Collecting Weekly and After Dark are our weekly shows. Small Talk, Only Fools in Collecting. Collecting Comics are our bi-weekly. Collecting Rarities, Creeps R Us are our monthly. And our new event show, Auction, is on September 19th at 10 p.m. So... If uh, you get a chance to do auction, I really suggest you listen in and try to bid on some of the great stuff that they have there. I did it this last time and wasn't able to make it out uh, with any good uh, figures or anything like that, but it's a lot of fun to watch and it's a lot of fun to participate. And if you ever have any questions, feel free to ask. You can put the uh, uh, make a comment below. And as always, this is Collecting Comics, and thank you for joining us.